Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, uh, you know, a, a clown. Your show was better when you had medical questions. Hey! I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease, so I'm paging Dr. Steve. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve, with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who makes all the alternative medicine assholes go away. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And Lady Diagnosis, she who will do most anything for a bottle of expensive wine. Hello, Lady Diagnosis. Hello, Dr. Steve. And my wife, I don't want to hear it. Okay, who won't do anything for anything. I don't want to hear it. This is a show for people who would never listen <laughs> to a medical show on the radio or the internet. <laughs> if you got a question and we're embarrassed to take your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347. Listen, uh, no. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine, at Lady Diagnosis, or at DRScottWM. And visit our website at DrSteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. 
Now, you can go to uh, cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine and get a Bristol stool scale mug. Or you can go to flatusflute.com and get a Dr. Steve uh, endorsed flatus flute, which is a whistling butt plug for that. It's a must-have. For that uh, holiday party. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, practical nurse, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. So you say you have several uh, flatus flutes, I lady do, diagnosis. Yes. Well, good for you. That's fun. Um, I'm sure that's a that's a that's a that's a party a time. for all my regular friends. Saturday night for uh, lady time. diagnosis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you have no idea. <laughs> stuff.drsteve.com is where you're going to get all of your Amazon needs. Stuff.drsteve.com. Please use that link. It makes a huge difference uh, and keeps this show on the air. And if you're interested in a wine club. Um, I got 250 bucks worth of wine yes. for 85 bucks the other day. Go yes. to wine, W-I-N-E dot drsteve.com. I don't know if, get, if, nobody's, if anybody's done it yet. I have to check. I don't know that we're getting credit for it. But do it anyway. It's a great. It's, a, it's really great. It's lovely. The wine is lovely. The people are lovely. You, they commu- the vintners will communicate with you. Mm-hmm. When do you get that? When you go buy, buy some gab, you know, some of that... Uh, uh, Sutter Home or... Those black box people have never communicated no, with me. No, they've never once. gone, hey, Tacey, thanks mm-hmm. for enjoying my wine, you know, but these people do. So it's really cool. <laughs> Wine.drsteve.com. And I just checked and the tweakedaudio.com offer code still works. I bought 100 bucks of stuff for 70 bucks. Ooh, presents for me. Yep. Offer code FLUID, F-L-U-I-D, at tweakedaudio.com. And then if you want to lose weight with Tacey and me, go to noom.drsteve.com. Noom is not a diet. It's a psychology program. And you can do two weeks free. And then if you decide to do the three-month program, you get 20% off by going to noom.drsteve.com. And then, of course, as always, check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. He's got some uh, funky mess on that thing. Oh, yeah. So, Her all right. Balls. So, um, yeah. So, I wonder if anybody else is going to have a show for Thanksgiving weekend because here we are, working hard. That's how we roll. No rest for the weird. That's, That's right. <laughs> what does that even mean? I no, don't know, but it no rest for the weary. Dramatic. I, I always wondered about that one. It doesn't make sense. It really should be. Those who are weary are weary because they haven't gotten any rest. Uh, or no rest for the weary. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> anyway. All right. So um, you guys got anything? Okay, the, the Pfizer has um, applied for, at the, at the time we're recording this, has applied for emergency FDA approval of their vaccine. It's 95% effective. We talked about it last time. It's on demand if you want to listen to us uh, discuss the where they got the 95% from and how that all worked. And uh, so if they get approval by next Monday, or they I mean, they could get approval tonight or Friday even. Friday's not a holiday. Um, and uh, But if they get approval by next Monday, they'll, they'll start shipping immediately. And we should have, uh, vac- we should be giving vaccine the week after. I'm so excited. <clears throat> I am too. Now, Lady Diagnosis and I both 
uh, participated in the Pfizer study. We're both pretty sure that we got active vaccine. I did get an antibody test that was negative, but then I had uh, some people tell me that the antibody that uh, is made against this vaccine is not the same one that they test for for people who have had the, the disease, which is pretty cool because you'll be able to distinguish between people who are immune because of the vaccine and people who are immune because they had it. Mm-hmm. Oh. If that's true, but I don't know that it's true. And and we're oh also joined by Ralphie, Ralphie the dog. <laughs> hey, Poppy. He got a haircut. The F, so F2 Labradoodle, who actually kind of is a Labradoodle. And then we have another F2 Labradoodle that's just a golden retriever with foreshortened limbs. <laughs> so she's, Ralphie looks she's more a like midget. Ralphie looks more like a um, greyhound today. With his new dude. Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he does. He's pretty sleek. He's very look. aerodynamic. Mm-hmm. With that, but anyway, nobody cares. Oh, um, no, I pretty sure they don't. If they met him, they would. If they're listening. <laughs> yeah, check out Dr. Scott's website at uh, simplyherbals.net and listen to our podcast, River Podcasts, or, uh, or whatever. So anyway, um, let's see. You guys just want to take some questions, and we'll just kind of go from there. Anybody got any topics? I do have one topic I just read. Okay, yep. The CDC is about to make a surprising change to coronavirus quarantine guidelines. Yeah, I heard about that. So um, the new recommendations, if you come in contact with infected individuals, will, individuals will advise a quarantine period of 7 to 10 days instead, instead of, of 14. Right. Because we have the situation now yeah. where people are isolated, for who have it, isolated for 10 days, but the people around them, have to be quarantined for 14 days from the last time that they had close contact with them. So you've got this situation where the person who actually had COVID can go, I'm going to the grocery store, and the people that never got it from them but were exposed to them have to sit in the house for four more days. So it was kind of ridiculous. It said they'll just require a negative test. Okay. So. Okay, well, and we have so much more access to testing right now. And we've come in contact with people who call you a week later and are like hey i I tested positive it's like oh really well when did you get it oh well i got it saturday well we hung out friday are you sure and it's just it like you said it's it's a domino effect yeah yeah so so are they still able to do rapid or is it five days for you to get results yeah you can there's rapid tests out there There there's some pharmacies that have them some some places do them and uh, uh, but it just depends on what you got available in your area. That's all. I know the pediatricians here do them, but I could not find a rapid test when yeah. I was freaking out mm-hmm. a week and a half ago. It, you can do it at CVS. They say two to three days. So okay, but you have to make an appointment, all that stuff. But yeah, the testing is uh, really doesn't seem to be an issue anymore. We used to really ration who we were going to test when they came in the hospital. Now, if you come in with a fever. Or you come in short of breath, you get a COVID test. <clears throat> so and sometimes you get surprised. And, uh, you know, our hospital is full right now of COVID-19 patients. Um, they're, you know, the second floor, the third floor, and the fifth floor, plus the ICU. So the next person that tells me that they think that this is all, you know, a government conspiracy or it's a hoax, I'm going to punch them in the nose. <laughs> I'm really, I've really got fatigue with it. I mean, I know we all do, but I just I'm over it. Well, you said you were okay. So talk about your fear because I, if you feel the way that you expressed to me earlier, 
I know other people do too, and I might be able to assuage that. I fear mean, it, a it bit. really is scary. I'm I'm just afraid to go anywhere. I'm afraid to have people over. I mean, we had talked about having people over this weekend, and I would really love to, and I still want to. But you don't know, you don't know what the other person's doing. Or I mean, are they out in the grocery store partying? You know, with their mask off, or you know, you just you just don't know. Yeah, you, you just don't know. <clears throat> so. One of the things you said is we're all going to get it. I, yeah, I just feel like we're all going to get it. It's just a matter of time, and I don't want it. So let's just do... And I am scared. I mean, but I, I love to have things to worry about. That's my... Yeah, sure. That's my talent. You're not alone in that. No. Uh, anxiety is a uh, survival tool. Uh, anxiety is what keeps gazelles from getting eaten by lions because they're always looking around is there a lion is there a lion is there a lion kept our ancestors from getting eaten by saber-toothed tigers because every time the grass would move you know they'd jump up in a tree even though it was most of the time it was the wind um so it is a you know that is ingrained in us and it is uh, a, a marker for survival if you because the you know the Giselle that's walking around just going yo everything's cool that's the one that's going to get eaten by a lion mm-hmm. so there's nothing wrong with that but let's just when you have um, issues like this well, anxiety issues the first thing to do is to um, do some critical thinking go ahead what were you say? we know so many people here recently who have gotten it. Well, sure. Yeah, and when it gets close to you, when you when you just see it on the news, it's it's happening to somebody else. But when it happens close to you, then it becomes an issue that could yeah. hit you. And then it's going to be, well, what did I do? What did I do that right. wasn't safe enough? So let's look at the numbers. So right now, now these are cases. This doesn't include asymptomatic individuals, but who cares? Because they're asymptomatic. They weren't harmed by this. So these are known cases. They're the scariest kind. 12, okay, we'll talk about that too. We had 12.5 million. So there's how many people in this country? 350 million? Yeah. Okay. Um, Echo. <clears throat> What percentage of 350 million is 12.5 million? See if she can understand that. 12,500,000 is 3.571% of 350 million. Okay, 3. Point, what'd she say? 3.6%, something like that. Approximately. So, um, <clears throat> so that means 96. Point, what? <clears throat> Well, anyway. About 96%. Yeah, about 96, 97% of people have not gotten this. Mm-hmm. You know, if I, and I, I use this all the time, if I gave you uh, those odds that you would have a less than 4% chance of losing at roulette, you would take all of your money and put it on black right now and spin the wheel. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is true. It'd be stupid not to. Yep. Okay. So. The uh, it, it, even and, and I said this in the beginning, back in February and January and February, most people will not get this, and most of the people who do get it will not die. Well, my problem is when I found out that that person had it, who thought that he got it the day after he was in contact with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I had not been careful. You had been in the room with me, mm-hmm. and um, I had a COVID test waiting. So I knew I was going to get the results within a couple of hours. But, Scott, I was terrified I was going to have to call you and say, hey, hold up. Mm. 
Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. sure, sure, sure. I mean, because no. I think people are getting it, and then they feel they don't want to be a pariah, mm-hmm. so they're not telling other people that they got it. Hmm. They're quarantining, but they're not going back and saying. Oh, you you think they're not calling their contacts? Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, maybe. There, I'm sure there is some of that. Hey, yeah. what's yeah, up? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Because I mean, sure there's people who've had it and don't even know they've had it and well, get in contact mm-hmm. with people. So there's those. Now the mm-hmm. asymptomatic people and the asymptomatic. Well, that would be an asymptomatic person that didn't know they had it, and um, they come into contact with more people, but it's much less transmissible. So it kind of evens out. Well, you know. can you just have one symptom, like just a fever? Yeah, have you, you heard could. of that? Yeah, you can. So have you could think I just you know had a yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah mm-hmm. or fatigue or whatever right yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. But well, then, yeah. and then, and then, or you there's, think it's allergies, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Plus, and then there's these positive <clears throat> rapid tests, and and then you go get a real test, and well, it's negative, right? So that happened. So then there's that. That happened to the person that you were with. So what he had originally was a screening test. So we've talked about screening tests. It's a good time to talk about the philosophy of screening tests. A screening test, you want to have it be very sensitive. In other words, you're throwing out a very wide net because you want to catch everybody that has the whatever it is you're testing for. So you don't want to have any false negatives. But because you're casting such a wide net, you're going to catch some people in that net that don't have it. So when you do a screening test, you're always going to follow that up with a more specific test where you're going to have very few false positives. So um, so that's what happened with your friend. They Two got, negatives. They got, okay. Yeah. They got a, um, a, a positive screening test, and then they immediately did a more specific test confirmatory test and two of those were done and both of them were negative so that means that the original test was a false positive so you'll get this let me let me give you a good example lots of people have blood in their stool right Uh, a screening test for colon cancer is to do a hemocult test it's not a good screening test but it'll do for what we're talking about so the hemocult test tests for blood in the stool now if you get a positive, then you turn around, you do a colonoscopy because that blood that's in the stool could have been from hemorrhoids. It could have been from diverticuli, could have been from local trauma when the doctor sticked his, his or her finger up the person's ass. Or other trauma. Or other trauma. That's right. Doesn't make you a bad person. <laughs> and, um, you know, you uh, but, you know, the vast minority of those people will have colon cancer. So then you do the more specific test, which is the colonoscopy, that where you look up there and you look for it. And if you see hemorrhoids, blood coming out, and you see no polyps or cancer, then you have ruled out cancer. And that was a, a false positive test as far as colon cancer was concerned. Really wasn't a false positive, right? It was positive blood. It just didn't come from cancer. Okay, came from something else. So anyway, so that was what happened to your friend, and that was encouraging because then your follow-up um, tests were all likewise negative. And you did you did the three-day nasal swab. So her company has her doing nasal swabs every week. Because hmm. okay. yeah. yeah, they're trying to protect them, but also protect the people that they right. come in contact with. So okay, so ninety-three. Uh, something per, or what 90 what did i say 96, 96. Mm-hmm. something plus some 
people are not um, have not been a case. Mm-hmm. You know, now there is some evidence that maybe the asymptomatic number is much higher than that, which would actually be good for us. Shoot, yeah, that'd be great if we had a a large swath of the population that was immune to this but never had any symptoms. So they never got mm-hmm. sick, never went to the hospital. And uh, that will help us when we start immunizing people to um, make sure that it'll just add to the number of people that are immune. So I wonder if since everyone's masking and washing hands and and all that, if the flu numbers are going to be lower this year. I'm that's a I'm going to give you one of these. Give yourself a bill. Yeah, because we have brought this up uh, earlier, and I think that's a great point. I, I haven't seen a single influenza this year. And during the summer, I, I didn't knock on wood because I hate the puke bug. I didn't see a single gastro, uh, viral gastroenteritis either. Not one. But then again, the symptoms of COVID are, you know, diarrhea and vomiting. So how would you know? Do they test everyone yeah, they would test. with yeah. the yeah, flu Yeah, yeah, they test both. Okay. Okay. Yeah. If okay. you have an influenza-like illness, you get a flu test. And right now, you're going to get a COVID test. So they haven't had any flu? No, I, have, I haven't seen huh. a single one. By, by now, we've seen that. several. Yeah. Well, that's good. So we could look at the CDC. Why don't you do that, Scott? Sure. Look at go to sure, CDC. Sure. Just um, just Google um, CDC.gov and then put a space and then put influenza numbers 2020 and see if you get anything. All right, you ready to take some phone calls? Yes. Hell okay. yeah! Right. I'm done bitching. Let's do it. I'm Number done. one thing: don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. Boy, for tasty. now. Typhoid Tacy. All right. Typhoid um, Tacy. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that one good one that I. Oh, oh, here it is. Okay, here we go. That's a good weird medicine question right here. By God. Hey, Dr. Steve. This hey. is Jeff from Vegas. So hey, I was uh, studying some EMT materials to get my EMT certification today, and I came across something called a uterine inversion. Yeah. Which is apparently when uh, the uterus prolapses after childbirth. Decided to Google it. Uh, the pictures were pretty horrific. And also, I discovered an illustration of a fist inside of a uterus uh, called a, a manual reduction of a uterine inversion. Yep. Apparently, that's a treatment that can be done in the hospital. So, I have two questions. Um, did the internet troll me, or is an actual treatment for a prolapsed uterus? or prolapsed rectum, uh, fisting it back in. And second, if that is true, have you ever had to fist a butthole for work? Thanks. All right. It's not a butthole. No, it's not a butthole. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think that was a separate there. question. Let's start there. Let's work backwards. <laughs> <laughs> so to the, the there are two holes down there. It's, it's, in the <laughs> it's in the neighborhood. It's in the neighborhood. Wow. Oh, that's so, funny. Uh, to his second question, not for work. No, I've not had to do that. <laughs> Nor <work>. for marriage. <laughs> no. Nor for marriage. This is, you know. I'm proud know. to say, never been Moving fisted, on. and oh. I mean it. <laughs> And neither have I. That's Yay. Well, you're both two good girls. Don't know what you miss. That's right. I can't believe Scott, I just said that you? on the radio. Well, well, no, it's true. Now, though. Scott, on the other hand, is not saying hey, listen, anything. I, I would check the fist, the, the potential fister like I check my urologist. I make sure they have long, thin fingers. Yeah, see this? <laughs> see this? I, I can do... I can do from C, I can go up to the E above the next octave. What so I've got long, thin I fingers. Got, I could do it. That's look. on the piano key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do too. So you'd be good for 
fisting somebody. I could be a good fister, I think. I got stubby short fingers. Well, Let's go. No, no Tacey. No prostate exam for nope. me. I'm out. And no, thank you. Well, she wouldn't be able to reach the prostate. Mm-mm. You know, if somebody's got a big fat ass, even my fingers can't get up there because mm-hmm. you can't get past the fat yeah. to mm-hmm. get your finger up to their prostate. Gotcha. So those people, you need to do uh, ultrasound. You know, stick that, jam that probe up there. But anyway, let's talk about, <clears throat> sorry, uterine inversion. Enough and of the porno talk. That's when the, <laughs> the, the uterus turns inside out, and it is usually happens during childbirth. And what happens is they'll, uh, the uterus can get really floppy after childbirth, as you can imagine. And if it doesn't collapse back and get muscular again, it just is real floppy. It can just turn inside out. So would kegels help that? No, not right when that not happens. Not with childbirth, but following. No, because what you want to do is you want to reduce the size of the uterus. So what we'll, what we'll do is we'll jam it back in because now, you know, when it's inverted like that, its blood supply is compromised. And these people will have bleeding and they'll have pain. And then there will be this mass in the vagina that's after the kid comes out. It's like, what the hell is this? That's not placenta, you know. And... um and and often they'll get uh, hypotension as well, so you uh, uh, try to push it back in with and just like he said. Now you the the um, internet did not troll him. You you want to forcefully, well, gently, but you know with some uh, confidence, re revert this thing. You know, re invert it, uninvert it, whatever. Stick and, it in. And so once you do that, though, it's still going to be floppy because it's not, it's stunned. And then um, you would use uh, oxytocin, which is also known as Pitocin. And what it does is it helps to decrease, you know, it, it increases the tone of the uterus. It, it's the drug that we would use for a couple of things. One of them is to um, uh, induce Mm-hmm. induce contractions mm-hmm. so it just causes a, a massive contraction of the uterus and then it sort of regains its blood supply and its tone and then after that you, you really should be okay um, if you can't do it by hand then they have to have emergency surgery and I'm looking here at this website it says that it happens at about uh, one between one in 2,000 and one in 10,000 deliveries. I've only seen two of them in my career. So I have a question. Yep. So if they can't get it back in by fisting it, why would they not be able to do that? What would cause them to have to have surgery? Well, if it's just so floppy, that would be one. Because it just won't go back in? Or if it's contracted at the neck and then you can't get it back in, that would be one way. So, Or the patient is in so much pain... Okay. That their pelvic floor is just contracted from pain and you just can't do it. So you have to put them under anesthesia to just get everything to relax so that you can get it back in. Gotcha. So, um, oh, goodness. Some of the OBGYNs oh may be God. screaming at the radio right now. If that's the case, call in and, yeah. and correct us on this because I haven't done, I've ne- in my career, I've never done one. I've seen two of them and always the OB did it. Mm-hmm. So, did I ever tell you about the first time I delivered a baby? Mm-mm. You've told me. Scott, I you didn't like tell us. I could probably tell that because there's no um, PHI, there's no personal health information involved in that, right? Mm-hmm. Just don't tell them it was me. <laughs> well, if it was, we could get your permission. But oh, okay. The, uh, my first delivery, um, I was um, an intern 
and I was in the the um, the labor and delivery suite by myself, just writing notes. And the senior resident came in and said, "Ah, you don't have to worry about this person. It's their first delivery. They're just one centimeter." What he means one centimeter is you're you're sticking your fingers in the vagina and then feeling the cervix and seeing how dilated it is. And so <clears throat> you can ep- estimate it pretty accurately after after you've done a few of these just with your fingers. But a normal cervix kind of sticks out and then you feel it and it feels like um, like a, a donut with no hole in it. You know, like as if, you know, if they just made the donut so tight that it had no hole. And um, so the, he said he, she's just one centimeter. So it can be as much as 10. That's what you, that's when you start pushing is when you're at 10 centimeters, which 10 centimeters is that much. What is that? Uh, 2.5. So it's like five inches. Oh, okay. I can't believe we did it's that. It's like an apple size. Oh, my yeah. God. Holy cow. Steve, you have a really great way of explaining things. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. So um, the – so – you know, he said she's just one centimeter, and she's a prime ep. In other words, first delivery, so it's going to take all night. So you won't have to worry about her. So I just sat there for a while, and I was writing a note, and I said, oh, I better go check this lady. And uh, so I walk in with the nurse, and you put a glove on, and then you put this jelly on there, and it's um, sterile, just in case. Uh, the In case the, um, the, the amniotic fluid or the... Um, the um, in case the cervix is open? No, in, cl- in case her, God, I'm having a senior moment so bad help. right now. Thank you. Yeah, if it was open and her water broke, okay? So, uh, the you know, the amnion was broken and there's amniotic fluid in there. You don't want to introduce bacteria. So uh, you put this sort of sterile jelly on there, antibacterial jelly. And then I stuck my finger in there and I feel that sort of closed up donut, except it's like I felt around and I said, that's not a cervix. That's an ass. Oh. That's an ass. Oh. oh, my God. That's an ass. This, this woman oh, no. <clears throat> was breech delivering right in front of me. Not good. And this is my first delivery. Not good. So I got on the pager and paged any OBGYN in the building, you know, come to labor and delivery. And uh, this, this guy showed up. He was an ex-hippie. And I didn't know him at all at that point. He said... He just came in and sort of assessed the situation. This woman was getting ready to breach deliver right then. And because normally for those who don't know, your head's supposed to come out first, not your ass. And then when the head comes out first, everything else just kind of follows and you just bloop out. and It's no problem. (laughs) Bloop. When your ass comes out now, it's like you've got to, you know, the legs are curled up around your ears if if you're lucky. Uh, that's got to be extra painful. <clears throat> and it's just a lot of lot more stuff to to uh, work to go through that, go through hole. that hole, right? So uh, he took one look at the situation, and then there's a thing called a footling breach, which is actually worse, where the foot comes first, and if they've got the cord wrapped around their, you know, under their crotch, then that becomes a real issue because it, it, it they can't come out mm-hmm. because the cord isn't long enough, right. you know. So anyway, um, <clears throat> so he took one look at the situation and just said, yeah, why don't you let me do this one? I'm like, really? Are you serious? Uh, thank you. So I just stood there, and he, back then we would move people from where they were laboring into labor and delivery. This was 35 years ago. 
And um, so he's just like, okay, everything's okay, okay. And then the head, he got the, the butt out and then the two legs. And so now the kid has just got his head stuck in the vagina. He's like, whoa, whoa looking like that. And, um, and it, what he looked like was a little tiny person, but with a head, for, for a head, he had an adult woman's body. Does that make sense? <laughs> so anyway, so he he's pulling. Now the head's oh, stuck. Oh, rats. The head's oh, stuck. No. And he's like, okay, everything's fine. He was so calm. And then finally, you know, I guess he did an episiotomy, got the kid's head out. Kid's totally fine. He said, I'll just sew this up. It's going to be a mess. And so he sewed up the, uh, you know, the terror in her vaginal wall, and everything was cool. And I, that guy, that guy was a god to me for the rest of my, um, the rest of my residency. You That's know? crazy. Just the coolest guy ever. But anyway, that was terrifying. And I went and believe you me, I had words with that resident, the senior resident, because he was a jock. He was a sports medicine guy. He didn't give two hoots about delivering babies. Mm-hmm. So he just stuck his finger in. Whoa, that's one centimeter and just mm-hmm. took off. Left me there. <laughs> Son of a bitch. But anyway. All right. Why were we talking about that? Because that guy was talking, talking about, about prolapse. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, uterine prolapse. <clears throat> so, uh, but I've done, I've seen to not done any. So, all right. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Questions, comments? I have no further questions. Okay, no. very good. I'm good. Moving on. All right. Let us From the do... vagina. <laughs> Dr. Steve. Yes, sir. I don't know if uh, I'm listening to the show right now. I don't know if it's live or not. But it's not. Just no. curious about a fungus toenail. Okay. Like, this thing looks like a lace tater chip. Yep. But... 
what's your suggestions on how to cure that? You know, I took the oil medication. It seemed like it got better, but I think it was a joint pain. It was just it about kill you if you take it for a whole month. So is there something you would suggest? I know I've, I've tried wearing my not wearing shoes out in the sunlight yeah, and things like that. Yeah, I don't do anything. Soaking in bleach and nope. Tried just about everything I've read up on, but what's your? I hear you, man. Uh, suggestion. So I've had this myself. The older we get, the more prone we are going to be to onychomycosis, which is toenail fungus. And the reason for that is, is that the toenails are basically in the most rural part of the body. And if you think of the brain and the heart and the lungs and that area as being the the big city and then the guts being sort of the suburbs, then the, the, toes, the toes are in the most rural part of the body that they could be, and they don't get the services, you know. They're in the panhandle. Right. They don't get um, the white blood cells. They don't get the blood flow, so it's hard to... To, the defenses aren't quite what they are. And uh, the, the reason why soaking it in bleach doesn't do any good is because it can't penetrate to where the fungus actually is, which is right above the nail bed itself. And so all that junk that it makes is sort of protecting itself from, uh, from any harm from outside influences. It's like a turtle shell. Kind of. Kind of exactly yeah. like that. <laughs> Not kind of. It is exactly like that. So... Um, there are a couple of treatments now. If it's big and thick already, the nail bed is what we call dysmorphic at that point, and there may not be any going back to normal with that particular nail. But you can try this. So there are a couple of things. There's this stuff called Jublia, and it's um, a topical medication that you put on the toenail for 48 weeks. Because if you've oh ever bashed, God. you got to do it every night for 48 weeks. If you've ever bashed your toenail mm-hmm. and made a mark in it, yep. it takes about a year for it to grow out. So 48 weeks, what it takes. Now, there was a study done several years ago where they used Vicks VapoRub and another one where they used tea tree, tea tree oil. And uh, those were also were effective. They were just about as effective as this stuff. Guess how long they had to use it? 48 weeks. So that 48 weeks seems to be the deal. Now, what he did, I'm guessing, I couldn't quite understand him. There's a pill that you can take, a ketoconazole pill. But uh, you take it for 12 weeks, and at six weeks, you got to check your liver enzymes because it can kill your liver. So, So that's very rare, but it could happen. And I'm not, you know, for something that's cosmetic, I'm not going to take something, although... I did, did you? and it didn't oh. work. Well, it didn't work. And so, uh, but I did do it. I just thought it'd be expedient. It sounded <clears> like <throat> he was having side effects from it. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Yeah, so he was having side effects from something. So, yeah. Um, but you can do all those things now. If, if nothing else works, you do all of that. So you're going to give up a year trying to get this thing better. And if it doesn't get better, a, a podiatrist or a good family physician or internist can just remove the toenail. And then you've got a couple options. You can let it grow back and then put antifungal stuff on the nail bed while you're letting it grow back, and sometimes that'll take care of it. Or you can just have them destroy the nail bed like I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just destroyed the nail bed. The, the nail didn't grow back. You think, oh, you must look like Frankenstein. Most people, if they looked at my toes, wouldn't necessarily notice that. Well, it does look a lot better than it did. Yes, with when the it- big 
when it had the, the fungus big goober. on it. Yeah. I had this nail and it went up. It kind of bowed up like uh, yeah, it like was, that, it was uh, pretty bridge yucky. in, in uh, uh, Australia in Sydney, you know, that big <laughs> giant bridge. <laughs> That's, it bowed up like that. And I remember I finally did something about it because we were sitting, I was sitting with the boys and they were going uh, para, parachuting, you know, parasailing. Uh, parasailing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And I was sitting with them. I was going to go, too. And I just noticed this, like, 16-year-old girl that was on there just looking at my feet with just utter disgust. It was like, oh, you, he is so gross. Yes. And that's when I, I said, okay, you know, I'm making uh, people sick looking at my toes. So, <laughs> so I finally did something about it. But they look so much better now. I have got an idea. I'm not embarrassed for people to look at my feet anymore. I've got the solution. If you take the toenail off and you kill the toenail bed, yeah. just have a tattoo of a toenail on there. You could, or you put could. a Lee press-on nail. Yeah, make it just look just like it. Just glue it on there. Oh, those... Just like you're, you would do makeup around the eyes, you do tattoo for... Those sure. nail yeah, salons yeah. can do anything. Shoot, yeah, but they could bling-bling your you toenail bed. You believe what they can do to messed up feet. You walk in messed up, you walk out... Yeah. Perfect. And those those Lee press-on nails are useful uh, therapeutically, too. I had, um, uh, I repaired a nail bed once where somebody had uh, uh, split their thumb using a circular saw. And so uh, I thought, I said, yeah, I'll be, you know, they didn't touch the touch the uh, nerves or the blood supply, didn't hit the bone, just got the fleshy part. But it did get the nail bed, and it was going to grow back split, right? Once you split the nail bed, it's just going to grow in, in like a like horns. Mm-hmm. So um, what I did was I took an 18-gauge needle. That's a big needle. It's Ugh. got a real sharp end on it. And I drilled a hole at an angle um, on both sides of the nail, you know. And then I took 3-0, some Vicro or something, uh, you know, really thick, um, uh, suture material with a real big curved needle and I ran it in one hole into the nail bed through to the other nail bed and then out the other hole on the other side and then I, I, there's knots that you can do where you can that are really strong and it won't break the the uh, the suture material and I just pulled it together and uh, it, and got the whole thing in line then I put a Lee press on nail over it hmm. and that I'm just telling you, I saw that guy at some point after, mm-hmm. and um, you couldn't tell Brilliant. that anything had ever Brilliant. been done. Yeah. So that was like 35 years ago, too. But anyway, <laughs> back in my glory days. That was before Gorilla Glue, and you could have just right. glued it together. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's a, that's a cool trick for the medical students that out there. That is cool. All right. Um, let's do this one. Hey, Dr. Steve, Matt, Charleston, how you doing? Hey, good man. How are you? Good. Good. Hey, uh, I want to ask about uh, donating blood. I've been trying to donate blood as often as possible, um, partly because of the pandemic and uh, mostly because of the thing that we can do that's an irrefutable benefit. Uh, So uh, I'm wondering about uh, some benefits that I heard that were more directly related to the person donating um, as far as does it help to reduce your cholesterol levels does it actually help you burn calories? Does it have other benefits or side effects? Yeah. Donating. Mm. And also, um, why do they not let you donate more often? What are the negative effects of donating too often okay. uh, for uh, blood donation? Okay. Yeah. Thanks a lot. 
Okay, man. Great question. Uh, to the second question, you've got to regenerate the blood. That's the main thing. And you've got to get your blood volume back up. If they just keep taking red blood cells out and don't give your uh, bone marrow time to replace those, you're going to end up with anemia. And that, that you don't want. So that's why. Um, but, yeah, there are some benefits to the donor to giving blood. I think the benefits to society are pretty obvious. But the donor, uh, first thing, they're going to do blood work. They have to make sure you don't have active hepatitis and HIV and stuff like that. So they will uh, do some, you know, they'll they'll check your pulse. They'll do your blood pressure. They'll check your body temperature. They'll do some blood work and make it, you know, and those results may be beneficial to you. So that's one thing. Um you know, one in every couple of hundred people in the United States has hemochromatosis, and they don't even know it. That's where they have uh, too much iron in their in their body, and donating blood will reduce your uh, iron stores, which is a good thing because iron, too much iron in your body can be um, uh, a real problem, particularly to your liver and other places, uh, parts of your body. And then donating blood once a year. Uh, can reduce your risk of a heart attack by 88%. Jesus. Whoa. This was done by the American Journal of Epidemiology. We talked about it. We made a commitment that we were going to donate blood, and then we didn't do it. So No, we need to. So. We need to. So is that the same as plasma? I mean, the benefits. <clears throat> I know it's not exactly the same. No, well, in plasma, they return the red blood cells. Oh, Okay. So, uh, so you're not losing the iron when you do that. So, mm-hmm. the benefit to you when you donate plasma is that you they pay you money. Yeah. So, will the what'd you say the heart thing? Yeah. So, re- donating blood once a year reduces your risk of a heart attack by up to eighty eight percent, depending on what your risk factors are, and it may be high levels of iron that constrict your blood vessels. Or, you know, who knows what it is, but uh, they think it's the iron issue. But this was an epidemiologic study. It wasn't a double-blind placebo-controlled study, but still very interesting. Well, they've shown that it does lower serum cholesterol by donating blood. Well, sure, because you're taking out cholesterol. You're taking out a pint of fluid that has cholesterol in it, so it's going to decrease... You know, if you've got seven pints and you take one out, then Mm -hmm. you're decreasing all the... everything in your blood by one-seventh. So... um, uh, giving blood uh, may reduce your risk of developing certain cancers. There is research that supports a slightly reduced risk of cancer for blood donors. And, um, you know, phlebotomy, again, is which is where they, you know, that's the process of uh, removing blood through a needle, um, is found to uh, be associated with lower cancer risk and lower mortality, and that was... A, study published by the Journal of the National Cancer Institute. So they were looking at people with peripheral artery disease, but um, people with peripheral artery disease, in other words, these are people that have bad pulses. You know, they, we would call that bad circulation, but they've got crappy pulses. Who, If they regularly donated blood, they had lower risk of developing cancer than those that didn't. So who knows? But, you know, there's really no downside to to uh, blood donation. Everybody should be doing it. And then another danger of iron overload is the health of your liver, and people with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease may um, uh, get some... 
What is that? What the hell noise is that? That's one of your um, mechanical some, objects making noise. <laughs> make it so, is that my ham radio doing that? I think it's... Sounds like Yeah, that's what it sounds like. I think it's time for the show it's to the be over. Breaker, breaker, <laughs> one nine. It's the ghost. It's the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it's it must a, have spirits in, it's in here. It's a it's, 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 it's a height. And then uh, the last thing, and this is from Rasmussen College. Uh, giving blood can help your mental state. Just uh, donating blood uh, makes you feel like you're doing something good, and you are doing something good. So you can immediately feel superior to all the people around you that don't donate blood. And, uh, you know, just regular altruistic interactions have major psychological benefits. So, uh, you know, if, if you have never donated blood, I used to do it all the time. They used to call me every uh, uh, few months to donate bu- blood. You had a crush on the lady who took I it. I absolutely <laughs> On the phlebotomist? Oh, my God, I yes. believe that. Yeah, believe she was that. from Sweden, and she was just so am- amazing. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. All right. So, neighbor yard update. Guess who has a blow-up now? Who? Next door? Our neighbors, yes. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> we so, have five blow-ups in our front yard. Yep. We have we, Darth uh, and two Vader. in a closet. <laughs> Maybe. Where's, where's, Darth where's, Vader. Our, where's our rim shot, Steve? Oh, oh, no. Sorry. We need more information, please. Thank you. Details. Darth Vader, BB-8, you know? a minion. What else? Closet. Well, okay, so what it is is there's – it used to – our other next-door neighbors used to have C-3PO and R2-D2 blow-ups. So we got a Darth Vader, and what we were thinking we would do, and we never did this, but it would have been funny, but we didn't know them well enough, and I wasn't sure they had a sense of humor. We were going to move Darth Vader closer and closer every day <laughs> until he was like right there. Well, anyway, so our one kid has decided he's the one that puts up the – he's in charge of the outside decoration. So old Beck um, went, and you know he picked out a bunch of stuff. So we have th- three or four Star Wars things. We have a baby – Baby Yoda from The Mandalorian. We have BB-8 from the sequel trilogy. And then we have Darth Vader, right? And that's it, of the Star Wars, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. Then there's just a beaver, (laughs) just a random beaver, a blow-up beaver that my niece sent to us. And then this year, because Liam wore a minion costume for Halloween, which he hadn't worn a costume in ages, but now he has a girlfriend and she wanted to do stuff. So he got this awesome blow-up minion costume. We got a little minion, and my idea was to put him way off in in the distance, real close to the bushes, or even behind the bushes, just having to look at over, looking over it. But that would be fun. So anyway, so we have all that. And then, because it's 2020, we just decided to go full bullshit tacky. Christmas threw up. Yeah, it just Christmas had had massive diarrhea and just splattered it all over our lawn so we have these projectors too there's like six projectors out there and one of them's mickey mouse and it just Mm -hmm. goes round and round and another one is a swirly snow thing that says let it snow let it snow even though it never snows here anymore and uh then sparkly things and all that it's just it's just bullshit it's It's horrible it's so tacky pissed off the whole neighborhood well you wonder why your neighbor's moving (laughs) literally moving every house is for sale yes 
Yeah, we don't care, and though. It's 2020. We've had a bad year like everybody else. Fuck it. I think it's a great idea. Between a blow-up. And it was fun, and I laugh every time I look at it. it and I've got, I even have solar Christmas lights on my uh, um, mailbox, which I will leave there the rest of the year. That's right. And, I, and we put our Christmas tree up November 1st this year. Was it November 1st? Yes, it was. The day Good after Halloween. That is true. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And we might not take it down. Oh, yeah, we might just leave it up. Over to you. Leave it now. Until this oh, pandemic We just needed something over. to feel something different. Enough yes. is enough. Joy you know. to the world, damn it. That's right. Well, you know, our Christmas card just has a Fala, picture of la, us. la, fucking law. Oh, geez. <laughs> there we go. Our Christmas card just has a picture of us with masks. And it just says, we're fine, it's fine, everything's just fine. Have you gotten yours each... yet? I think it's in my mailbox. Okay. I get an email. Each number, each uh, line gets bigger and bigger until it just says, everything's <laughs> just fine. So, all right. Next one. Hey, Dr. Steve. Hey. Um, this is Danny from Colorado. Hello, I just Danny. wanted to Hello, Danny. tell you real Danny quick boy. about my experience with retrograde cricopharyngeal dysfunction. Okay. Um, basically, the the inability to burp. Yep. Um, I've never been able to burp my whole life, and it's caused me so many problems with gas and bloating and uh, pressure and pain in my throat and in my chest all the time. Found one doctor in Chicago that does Botox injections. Um, really, just one into the esophageal sphincter and. Um, I can burp now, and it's amazing, and it's been life-changing, and yeah, that's, Scott, that's my story with that. We okay. don't want to hear Thanks your for, Botox uh, entertainment. objection. What? Botox yes, is a stop. fabulous. A Botox. It's got to have fabulous. a... It's got a heart. No. It doesn't matter. It's, uh, it's a long, it's, that's a long fucking needle to get to, to get down there and deliver Botox, some Botox. Uh, botulism toxin is natural, man. It's natural, man. Why don't you, you just should gargle know that. It? Why don't you just gargle it? I would. That way I you could. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so this is retrograde cricopharyngeal dysfunction, and uh, it occurs when this thing called the upper esophageal sphincter, which is this cricopharyngeus muscle, which is right behind the. Uh, Kind of um, clavicle yeah, sternum behind the um, the what taste the Esophagus. voice box. I don't know. I'm just trying to think. I'm not running at a. Um, I'm not hitting on all cylinders. Yeah. Today. When is the song going to come on? It's it's coming. Just fucking don't worry about <laughs> it. It's almost here. Okay. Where's the wine? I've cursed more during this show, <laughs> too. Me, too. I apologize. I've had a bad day. I Happy apologize. damn I've Happy had a great day. Happy. And I love Botox. Thanksgiving and. Botox, baby. Yeah. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Okay. All right. So, anyway, there's this muscular valve that encircles the upper end of the esophagus. And if it spasms and won't let go, these people can't burp. And they, the air will come up. And it'll just sit there, and they're absolutely miserable because it's got nowhere to go. It really has nowhere to go. They could maybe stand on their head and get it to go back into the stomach, and then they'll just have to pass it as flatus the other way. But um, and they'll uh, they can d- determine this using fluoroscopy, 
And in fluoroscopy, you turn on the x-ray machine, you just leave it on, and you could look at it like it's live, and you could see through the person, and then they drink some contrast. You could see it kind of get blocked up there. Anyway, uh, but Botox is a great treatment for that, If um, particularly um, uh, if you, you have no other complications. Now, Botox is the, I think, microgram per, for microgram, it is the most toxic substance known to man in the fact that you know a very small amount of this stuff can be fatal so you go well why do we stick it in people's faces well because it's awesome and when you do it in those even smaller amounts in the face what it does is it um, it paralyzes the muscle for up to four months which is why it kills people when you get too much of it, because if it paralyzes the respiratory muscles, you can't breathe. And that's so-called botulism. So if you ever open a can and it goes and it spews upward uh, or if the seal is broken or if it, you know, if it's bulging upward, right. that can probably has botulism in it. And do Don't not eat that. It. Well, plus you can stop eating things that make you burp. Well, yeah, for like this. Pop. Well, I'm, yeah. Yes. That's right. Yeah. I'm just you wouldn't want to drink soda if stuff. you have this right. cricopharyngeal exactly. dysfunction. Yeah. So finishing up talking about botulism toxin, when you inject it in the face, to my knowledge, there's never been a single case of botulism where it's spread from there and ended up affecting somebody's ability to breathe. That'll happen every once in a while. It's rare, but it'll happen with... Um, uh, those people who have migraines and they're getting huge amounts of botulism toxin or Botox injected into the muscles of their neck. And uh, every once in a while you'll get that. We've used it for people with post-thoracotomy pain syndrome. So that's where uh, if they're taking out a part of your lung, they'll spread the ribs. And when they do that, they crush the nerve that's running across the f top of the lower rib. And some of those people will have significant pain mm -hmm. for months if not for the rest of their life and we'll take uh, two units of b Botox and inject it every centimeter along that scar and it lasts about four months and you do it two or three times and then they don't need it anymore it just it, it just turns off the pain fibers after a while or you send them to me Yep, or you send them to Scott, and then he does, you know, his thing. Hoodoo. His hoodoo that he do. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then he sends them to me to do Botox if it doesn't, you know. But anyway. <laughs> so, uh, all right, very good. Now, Lady Diagnosis, you had a question. I had a question, but it doesn't pertain to Botox. And That's I fine. I thought of yeah. this earlier. Somebody told me that every male, eventually, if you all lived you know, a certain amount of time will get prostate cancer. Is that true? It's not exactly true, but it's true enough. So if you close, live yeah. long enough, if you take an autopsy, every male over 70 who dies and they didn't have prostate cancer, that, to their knowledge, mm -hmm. if you autopsy them, about half of them will have nascent um, prostate cancer. And most people who get prostate cancer don't die from it. It's that's the the majority of people um, 
it doesn't spread and it doesn't cause those kinds of problems. But yeah, it's really common. It is a very common disease of older men. So you said nascent. Is that just the coming onset? Up, yeah, or? And okay. coming, and yeah, onset. Okay. But it's there. You know, the cells are just there. No There's cancer there. Symptoms, maybe. Yeah, yes. they didn't have any symptoms. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, they've got it. So why is that every male will eventually? Is it just because a... we were designed to die when we were 35? Oh, okay. You know, that's uh, our ancestors. Um, none of them had to deal with a lot of the problems that we have. They had, they all had bad teeth, mm-hmm. so they had a lot of inflammation, so they might have had heart attacks and stuff, but most of them died from lack of sanitation. And then when you get into the Middle Ages, people were living a little bit longer, but then plague and stupid stuff. They didn't understand germs and don't. it's not cool to have rats in your house. And uh, the fleas from the rats would jump and bite people and then give them bubonic plague. So, you know, stuff like that. But we were really early on, you know, we didn't live that long. We procreated, had a couple of kids, and then, um, you know, we were out of here. So So I I think that's why it's just there wasn't a mechanism for it not to happen because it's just, you know— you get a lot of testosterone, and you got all this going on. It's just constantly bathed in testosterone, and well, and you're sitting on your ass all the time, and all these, you know, all like, the chemicals and stuff, and what that you're sitting on? on. You're sitting in chemicals. Well, sitting on your ass, and your prostate gets swollen. Oh yeah, and it's right up against your colon. So your colon's always pushing crud into it, and then you get well, this, hey, and, well, <laughs> it should be on, separated, but, but yeah, but, but hang on, but but then you get, and as you get older, certainly you're not a you're not um, using your prostate and the prostatic fluid as much. So that's true. It's still stagnant. So yeah. The shit, the shit builds up, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the shit builds up. I just up. never heard that. And I yeah. just was yeah, curious it's interesting. that was true. It's just prostate tissue is not solely male tissue. Females have um, an analogous tissue, tissue in the skein's glands. Uh, but you never hear of women getting prostate cancer. Now, men will get breast cancer. About one in a hundred cases of breast cancer will be male. But I've never heard of a woman getting cancer of the skein's glands as they got older. And that's probably because you all don't have the testosterone levels that we do. You have some, mm-hmm. but not enough to cause that sort of that issue. And it's just one of those things. There's not a fail-safe for it. And there's no survival uh, benefit to not having it because by the time you get prostate cancer for the most part you've already had kids even if you get it when you're 45 like Frank Zappa did you know so anything that happens after you've had kids doesn't contribute to evolution one bit because evolution only ha- only kicks in to things that increase survival that increases your ability to pass your genes to the next generation so anything that happens after that d- is you know, so we're not, we'll never evolve away from that, if that makes sense. Okay. That okay. Makes, that does and, make sense. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, listen, thanks. Always go to Dr. Scott, Lady Diagnosis, and Tacey. Yay. We, we can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teft, uh, Lewis Johnson, Holly Gould, Paul Ofcharsky, Eric Nagel, Chowdy from South Florida. Uh, Roland Campos, Sam Roberts, uh, Pat Duffy, uh, Christine uh, Gaelic's sister, uh, uh, Dennis Falcone, Matt Kleinschmidt, Dale Dudley, the great Rob Bartlett, Bernie and Sid, this this gets longer and longer, Uh, Ron Bennington, uh, Fez Watley, and Martha from uh, Arkansas's daughter, whose support of this show has never gone unappreciated. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel. 
Sirius XM channel 103, Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.